Hey, welcome to the Project Church Podcast. My name is Caleb Cole. I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is going to encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. All right, girls, I heard some claps, but can I hear some screams? Because we're going to go, we're going into, okay, yeah borderline annoying, but I love it. I'm so excited. I love it. I'm so excited for you guys to be a part of fashion this year. I recognize in the last, I don't know, year or so, our church has grown and changed. And so some people are like, fashion, what in the world? So I hope that gave you a little bit of a visual, but we have um, great speakers coming, great worship leader coming. Um, Siri, who sings with Maverick City, she came out with a song recently, Love Sick with Chandler Moore. You know, don't worry about the name drop. Here's the thing. Women's events create moments and spaces in your life for God to do something significant because there's intentionality built in and there's a sisterhood around you. It's a safe place for you to come and experience and hear what God has designed you for. And so ladies, please get your tickets. And at the same time, if tickets are a reason why you wouldn't come, I want you to understand that there are people in this church who believe so much in fashion that they are just donating so that you can find a way. So if you don't have a way there, would you come? Let me know. Let one of our sisterhood group leaders know. Michelle, she was one of the worship leaders up here. She'll let you know how she can get you to the event. But um, also, if you're interested in donating and you're thinking, my wife can't make it, my sister can't make it, but I want a woman to understand her God-ordained purpose and destiny, if you want to sow into that, then please give, um, just text project to 97,000. It's one of the options on the pull-down menu. But ladies, it's the best time. And we say it's not just a ladies' event. It's not just a women's event. This is an all-church event where men serve as well, men in the house have, who have served at fashion before. Pretty good, right? Okay, come on, babe. You got to help me out here. Help me out here. <laughs> um, but it's a time for half of our church to be encouraged. You know, the kingdom of God isn't just men. It isn't just women. It's, so this is an all church event. So make sure you come out. Thanks for that little moment for a PSA, okay? (laughs) But come on, we're going to continue in this series, The Rising Church. Um, Welcome to week three of Homecoming, where we get to talk about who God has created Project Church to be. He didn't just create a church to exist because of the building and the structure that it is. He is building up a group of people in Sacramento, and we are called to rise up and make him more famous than ever before. And I don't know about you, but I know that there are moments in my life where I don't think that I have been the best witness for Jesus. I think some of us have gotten to a place where we've gotten ruts, we're down in the dumps, We've had a hard year. We've had all kinds of things happen to us, even been a victim of some things in our culture. And so sometimes because of those situations, we are unable to tell people about Jesus and be the witness that he's asked us to be. But the grace of God covers all of that. And he's just saying, I still have a plan for you. I still have a purpose for you. And I'm still going to use every single one of you. So rise up. Get out of that rut, get out of that pit, rise up and be what God has called you to be. So we're calling this series The Rising Church, not because we're drawing a crowd of people, but because God is building up a people group. And so 
let's be reminded that we are the church. Individually, we are the church, and he's calling us to rise. And so we've been in Acts 2, 42 through 47 for the last three weeks. And we're going to continue to be in that scripture portion. So let me read it to you. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling the possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God. Somebody say praising and having favor, somebody say favor, with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. I'm going to focus on that last verse at the, towards the end of this message, but you might be thinking, gosh, didn't Caleb just preach on this? Yes. And what I love about scripture is that, you know, 20 minutes on a Sunday morning, 30, 40, if I'm speaking, whatever, <laughs> if I'm speaking in the morning, is not enough to really devour what the word is actually offering us. And so I want to encourage you, this is just the tip of the iceberg when we're sharing scripture. So I'm so glad that we get to spend a little bit more time on it. But I want you to understand that this is the time in the church where the church is growing in number. It's expanding. Isn't expansion exciting? Expansion is fun. When, when Old Sacramento and the Doco and everything was happening, um, business were, were popping up and, you know, there was more buildings happening. There were more skyscrapers, all the things or what are those things called that we kept on seeing more of? More cranes, not skyscrapers. Okay. Cranes that would create these skyscrapers, these more cranes. We knew that there was something expanding. Business owners get excited. People get excited. People are drawn to the city because of expansion. And I'm telling you, I'm, I get pretty excited about expansion. I think about even expanding to old Sacramento. How excited were all of, were all of us? How excited was it when we saw that the family room was being, uh, the nursery was expanding, so we had to create a family room. We were so excited um, about the prospect of expanding Project Church, not to just to West Sacramento, not downtown, but also to Roseville. Hello, did you guys hear that? So exciting expansion. And so when I was, when I was talking, or when I was studying the scripture, I was like, man, I'm so excited to talk about sending Project Church out to just expand, right? Because the scripture right before this portion of scripture that I read on, in verse 41, it said that the church had grown by 3,000 people. And then it says here in the last verse, and then the Lord added numbers. And I'm like, yes, more numbers, more people, expansion. And then I was like, goodness gracious, Chrissy, is that your flesh or is that the scripture? You know, in a numbers and results now, I need a results now kind of obsessed world where achievement has become the idol and the church has almost spiritualized numbers and even sanctified them, it's become a form of idolatry and an acceptable form of idolatry in the name of excellence and ultimately self. I ask God to give me strength to accurately exegete the scripture and the scripture isn't about us expanding it's about us growing here hear me you're like but homecoming we're, we're attracting everybody to come here and and we're growing bigger and we're adding services how exciting and when i read the scripture i'm just like 
wait a minute. Yeah, God added the numbers, but what were the people doing? What was the church actually doing? They were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship. They were breaking bread and they were praying together. They were in awe of the wonder of God expanding the church. We get so excited about numbers and we get so excited about expansion that we don't realize that we've been sucked into the world's narrative that achievement is winning and that's kingdom winning. No. What God is more interested in is us growing in depth. And, and sometimes growth requires groaning. You're not necessarily groaning when things are expanding in the natural, right? You're like, oh, woo, exciting. You're screaming, you're excited, you're pumped, you're fist pumping. You're excited. But no, when there's real growth happening, there's groaning. Take a look at this video just for a second. They're going to play it for me. What's the matter with your legs? What, like, what's wrong with it, though? I don't know. What is the pain? The pain. What? What do you think it is? Growing pain. Growing and growing. Are you growing? Stop. Growing? Stop. Oh, that's it. We don't have to play. We'll only play it once. It's growing pains, guys. I had to get a video of that because in that moment, the Lord was speaking to me because I was feeling like I was in a moment of growing, and sometimes growing is a little painful. And so she's like, massage my legs. It's growing pains. And Kanan and Kyra's like, oh, it's growing pains. No big deal. And even at the very end, she was just kind of like, kind of smiled about it because she knew that I would draw near to her and help her in her pain. And so I think we need to understand in this moment, yes, I'm excited about us growing. Yes, the numbers are there to show it. And yes, yes, we're expanding. Yes, we're growing. But God is more interested in our internal growth. But that internal growth oftentimes requires a groaning. John 16, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace, and the world will, you will, in this world, sorry, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the world, you will face tribulation. You will have hard times. It is inevitable. It's determined that you will groan, but you get to decide not to grumble. But so many of us, are like, no, I want the exciting times. I want a pep in my stuff at all times. And I don't want to actually groan and I don't want to go through the hard stuff. I want to just pass by. But we can't pass by. If we're actually going to grow, and also numerically, also metrically, we're going to have to grow first. We'll miss out on the fullness of God's goodness if we are unwilling to groan in the process of growing. Every single one of us are learning something. And if we don't allow ourselves to, to let God work out the whole process in our growth and in the maturity that we are needing to go through, then we're not going to show the world the fullness of who God is. We want the fullness 
witness of his goodness in our lives so that we can give him the ultimate glory. This life is about giving him glory. Oftentimes when we're just about the numbers and we're just about the expansion, we're just about the feel-good services, we negate the fact that we have to grow. We negate the fact that God gets the glory, not us getting the glory for having a great worship service. So we want to give the world the fullness of his goodness. And in order for them to experience the fullness of his goodness, we've got to go through the process of groaning and growing. It doesn't say in Acts that they drew a big crowd. It didn't say that they made a lot of fans of Jesus. No, it says that they devoted themselves to the church. They devoted themselves to one another, to the teachings, to the breaking of the bread, and God, and God expanded them. So we have to consider some dimensions of growth if we're going to be the rising church that God has called us to be. The first dimension of growth is the growth of devotion. The growth of devotion. Verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and the prayers, and awe came upon them, every soul. I love the word, and I'm going to try to say this, proscar terero. It means to be devoted to. But if you continue to look at the definitions of other forms of that word, it says persisting, continuing, waiting, continually steadfast, giving yourself continually. This is a different thing than just saying, I'm a partner at Project Church. I, I go there regularly. I go on Sundays and sometimes first Wednesdays. Everyone's so quiet. This is being devoted to one another. You know, when, I, when I'm doing homework with my kids, it's probably one of the more um, patience-testing times for me. Um, and, and not because I'm impatient with, like, why don't you just get it? But it's more like I even have to be patient with myself because they're asking me these questions and the hows and the whys. And then I'm like, dude, I don't know. Why do we use addition? Why do we use? Why do they have to eventually learn algebra? You know, and I'm just trying to give them examples in my life of how I've used algebra. I'm sitting, sitting here. The, the math teacher is laughing at me right now. She can think of a lot of ways. But... I'm like, why, why do they have to understand A plus B equals C? And then you subtract the B from the C to get A. You know, I loved math, actually. And so, but what, what is so hard is actually me trying to describe to them why they need what they're learning, especially my oldest because he asked so many questions. And, and I think we need to understand that when it says here that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, it's not that the people in the early church were just sitting there like watching somebody teach them something, and then they took a test on it a few days later. There was no printing press. There was um, no manuals that they handed out to everybody. When you are devoting yourself to teachings, you are devoting yourself to somebody who is teaching you something. And sometimes we're just like, oh, nowadays I'm going to devote myself to the teaching of the word. I'm going to buy a book and a devotional. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to even sign up for that 
um, Global University. If anybody's looking for, you know, Bible college online, Global University, and you're like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do that, and then you do these teachings on your own, and then you you get studied, and you're like, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm growing in devotion to understanding the teachings. No, back in the day, this was relational. Learning the word of God in the early church was relational. It was being devoted to one another. It was doing life with one another. It was sitting down at a meal to understand why the apostles were teaching what they were teaching because they spent time with Jesus. And so we didn't understand that growth of devotion isn't just us studying in our own minds. And it's just me and God, just me and God, just me and God. No, it's devoted to the church and the teachers in the church. We got to be persistent and devoted to one another in knowledge. 2 Peter 3.18, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, but both now and forever. When you are growing in your knowledge, you're growing in giving him glory. It's about his glory. It's not about your glory. It's not about you understanding more. It's about face-to-face understanding and teaching and listening to teachers, but also not just being a recipient of teaching. It's also you teaching others. It says go out and make disciples. If you're only receiving and you're not making disciples, we're not being devoted to what God has asked us to do in Acts. We've got to teach the word and love and have a love for knowledge without being puffed up, but being in relationship and submitted to one another in, in learning. But we also have to be devoted to one another, not just in teaching with one another. But here's the thing. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but Acts 6, 1 through 4, you see in a couple chapters later that you see some people who are kind of getting mad at the disciples for spending too much time going out and witnessing when they're like, but you're neglecting the widows over here. And then the apostles say, no, we're going to continue to commit to the word, but we're going to get three able-bodied people over there to take care of the widows. And then you realize that as expansion happens, people are going to start getting annoyed with one another because you're not doing this and you're not doing that and you're not doing enough of this and I need you to do more of that. And all these expectations are rising even in the early church. This happens in Acts 6. And so we've got to be devoted to one another to not just point out problems but to be a part of the solution. There's so many critical people out there, myself included at times if I'm being honest, and we're just pointing out the problems, but we're never being a part of the solution. We've got to provide a solution and be devoted to one another in that way. And that happens when we love each other well. When we are being critical, we're being judgmental. And when we're not helping find a solution, then we're living in judgment. But we need to be a part of the solution and devoted to one another in finding a solution. It's an age-old problem in the church, but we've got to be growing in our devotion. Our devotion and level of devotion will reveal to us the level of our maturity in Christ. Another dimension of growth is growth in faith. Growth in faith. In verse 43, it says, It all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. There was work being done through the apostles. I wish I could spend more time on this, but essentially, 
when you have enough faith, you do something. When you have faith, you do something. It says in James that so also faith by itself, it does not, if it does not have the works, is dead. Faith without works is dead. And what we see in verse 43 is that apostles were doing the work. If you find yourself not doing anything and just being a fan of Jesus, I wonder if you're actually a disciple. I wonder if you're actually devoted to the apostles' teachings because what he's saying here and what we're being taught here is that we've got to be devoted to the teaching and that produces faith and producing faith produces works. Some of us have gotten caught up and like, oh, it's just about my relationship with Jesus. I spent a lot of time with him this morning. Well, what did you do for him later that day? Faith can't grow without opposition, though. Faith can't grow with opposition. And when you, make, when you release energy to do work, that takes energy. But there needs to be something opposing it in order to create traction. This is just like a physics 101 class, okay? I like math and physics. And so we need to understand that it requires work in order to move past the opposition and it's so cool because, like, work and opposition, pressure, and it, 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 I just love that faith causes things to move forward. And, you know, we have to understand that in these end times, and I, we were just in an end time series, just a f- series, a few weeks ago. We talked a lot about opposition there and persecution. And God does something so beautiful in the opposing and in the and in the faith, when there's opposition, but we exert faith and energy, God does something in that moment. When there's favor in the city, but also people persecuting, people rise up in faith, and they cause the word of the Lord to go forth. And so we have to understand that that is what our, the church has been built on faith. The modern church is indebted to those who built a foundation of faith and went ahead and spoke the gospel despite the opposition. And the people who spoke the gospel despite the opposition are who our ancestors are and who we need to continue to be as we rise even higher. But again, rising is also maturing. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, I don't want to spend too much time on this verse, but it it essentially talks about, again, the work of the kingdom. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Somebody say work. Work. For building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Work is a unifying factor for the church. And I know Caleb spoke about it last week, and I don't want to spend that much more time on it. But in order for our faith to grow, we're going to have to work with one another. We're not going to be able to do it by ourselves. And we can't say that, oh, faith without works is dead, so I'm working over here. No, things aren't going to work if the bolt of a, of a contraption that was put together is sitting over here. The contraption's not going to work. It's probably going to fall apart. So stop trying to do work on your own. Stop isolating. It doesn't work. The church needs you. The church needs you. And that will reveal how much faith you actually have. How much faith do you have? 
We've got to work with one another. This whole scripture in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 is all about maturing in Christ. That's what the header is in this portion. It says, until we all attain to the unity, somebody say unity, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, womanhood, fashioned, I'm just kidding, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If we work well together in what God has designed us to do, then we are going to grow in our measure of stature and present the fullness of Christ. We've got to grow in our faith and do the work. Somebody say work. And finally, actually second to last, don't come up yet. (laughs) Growth and gratitude, another dimension of growth that we need to understand today is gratitude. I really believe that gratitude curbs our grumbling. Again, groaning has to happen, like poor Charlie, you know? Her legs were achy, growing pains, and I was going to be there to massage them. I was going to be there to help her through them. But it it got a little annoying when she was just grumbling. (laughs) And it's not about it being annoying. It's about what what position our heart is in. Are we in a place where we want to complain or are we in a place where we're going to be joyful like she was at the end of that video, a little glimmer of hope with a smile that says, no, Lord, I'm going to take heart and have joy. Tribulations were going to come. Tribulations were going to happen. So I'm going to stop grumbling, curb the grumbling, and receive the groaning. Um, I, I read this a while ago, and it's, you've probably seen it around the internet, and I pulled it up, and I, and I think it's really important for every single one of us to hear this, but your calling is going to crush you. If you are called to mend the brokenhearted, you're going to wrestle with brokenheartedness. If you're called to prophesy, you're going to struggle to control your mouth. If you are called to lay hands, you're going to struggle with spiritual viruses, If you are called to preach and teach the gospel, you will be sifted for the wisdom that anoints your message. If you are called to empower, your self-esteem will be attacked. Your successes will be hard fought. Your calling will not come, excuse me, your calling will come with cups, thorns, and sifting that are necessary for your mantle to be authentic, humble, and powerful. Your crushing won't be easy because your assignment is not easy. Your oil is not cheap. Here's the thing. So many of us are just like, yes, have an attitude of gratitude. The tribulations are coming. It's fine. It's fine. I'm a Christian, and it's going to be fine. No, this is going to be hard. Expansion is exciting, but the maturing is hard. I just want to be a realist. I'm not often a realist. I'm more often an idealist. And ask Caleb, I just want us to grow and be happy and get along and hug and smile when we come into this building. And that's all ever. But gratitude, if we're going to allow it to curb our grumbling, gratitude is going to curb our grumbling. We've got to allow it to freshen our souls. Alicia Brittrolli says this, gratitude is an internal air freshener. Remember what I said, we want to present the fullness of who God is. And the fullness of him is perfect. It smells good. It's expensive. So it's going to be hard. Don't be stinky. (laughs) You know, just don't, 
Let's be that church that brings a sweet aroma, that brings a, that brings a kindness, that brings just a, a warmth. It's going to be hard. It's not a fun rhyme. Gratitude is attitude, attitude of gratitude. No, it's, it's, it's much more than that. And finally, another dimension of growth is growth by God. And really, if I, if I wanted to spend actually more time on this, I don't have much time, though. But this message often, you know, these messages that we preach, oftentimes it's like, go out and do this. And I, w- I thought that's what I was going to do. I was going to say, go out and invite as many of your friends as you can that don't know Jesus and just bring them here, and we're going to expand. And, you know, but the scripture wasn't talking about you being a really good inviter, <laughs> It wasn't talking about you telling people that this is really fun over here and bring a crowd. I'm going to encourage you to continue to do that, though. I'm not negating that. But the scripture would not let me try to reinterpret it the way I wanted to. It was saying that growth only happens by God. It doesn't have much to do with you. It's an honor that he uses us. And I say this oftentimes, but the greatest miracles that take place is when God uses the imperfect people like us. He's got to have his way, but we get to be a part of it. We get to do this. So growth by God and God alone. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 through 7 says this, I planted, Apollos watered, but God. Somebody say, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. We're nothing. We're nothing without him, but only God who gives the growth. You know, there's a word in that last verse that says, and the Lord added the number. Do you hear how the Lord added number? Added the numbers. It wasn't the church that added the numbers. The Lord added the numbers by day. And those of who were being saved. The word saved is the word sozo, which means to be made whole, to be healed, and to be preserved. And I think too often we have taken the place of God and said that I'm going to heal, I'm going to make them whole, and I'm going to attract them, and I'm going to save them. But it says here, that that's God's job. The Lord adds to the number, and they were being saved, not by the people, but by God himself. So this morning, what is it that we need to let die in our flesh so that God's goodness can really shine through? Whatever we allow to die will help us to grow and mature and who we are supposed to be and at what level we're supposed to be so that people will be attracted to him and God will be able to do the work. Can I just remind you, it's not us. It's not us doing the saving. It's God. And it's not us who are, you know, are the, it's not just us who are, creating the crowds. No, God is drawing his people unto him. It's his job. It's his work. 
So can we be a church that rises to the occasion of submitting our lives to him and submitting to the process of groaning so that we can grow? It's going to be a process of groaning. That's just the reality. But we're going to allow God to do that in us. Amen? Come on, let's bow our heads. I want to pray over you. I want to pray over you because God brought you here. And as one of the pastors of this church, I just want to submit to his will and his way. And he said, create a space and an experience where they can experience me. And that's what Project Church has done. But God has drawn you here. God has brought you here. God has called you here. And he says, I want to change you. I want you to know my son who transforms, who transforms you, and he changes the trajectory of your life. He makes you whole. He heals you. He's devoted to you. And he wants to see you to grow, mature, and to be his. So if you're in this room and you have not yet given your life to the Lord, you don't have a relationship with him, you haven't walked with him, and you want to know more about him, and you want to know him, and you want to walk with him, and you want to grow in your faith, if that's you in this room, I want to give you an opportunity to respond, not just to me, but to respond to God who brought you here. And only he can do the work that you're thinking, man, I messed up. I feel really guilty. I don't know. I don't know if he'll accept me. Yeah, he'll accept you. He's called us to accept you. And the only reason we are able to accept you is because he's accepted us too. We understand. Every single one of us have been where you were at. So if that's you in this room and you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count of three. And I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. No one's looking around. I'm looking around just because I want to pray with you. But if you're in this room and you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I'm going to count to three. One, two, raise your hand on three. Three. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Amen. Amen. Repeat after me, church. Dear Jesus, thank you for bringing me here, for drawing me in. I accept you into my life. I believe that you died on a cross so that I might be saved. I confess my need of you, and I ask you to save me, make me new, Wipe away all the sin. Wash me clean. I give my life to you. Give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Why don't we stand to our feet? All right. We're just going to sing this song one more time. We're talking about how God is worthy of all praise, right? He did the work. He brought us here. He drew us here. So let's just sing to him about how worthy he is, how he alone is worthy. Let's sing to him. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.